Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are, this is Chris, and uh, I guess you're well aware that uh, we're up here in Sydney in lockdown. Necessity, as you know, is the mother of invention, so uh, one of the issues of lockdown is you're not allowed to sit on the grass at Bondi and enjoy the day. So yesterday I absorbed, observed about 2,000 people dig up their dirty old surfboards from the back of the house and go out to sea and sit at the back of the waves and sunbank. So it was a really clever way for people to say, well, I just want to sit around in the sun and enjoy my day, but I'm not allowed because we're in lockdown. So I know what I'll do. I'll get it. someone, I'll beg, steal and borrow even a door off the, off the house and paddle out to see where I'm allowed to be. Ah, it was really great, it was really beautiful, and uh, how clever is that? So, uh, it's really a, a different lockdown for us than we've experienced in the past. So far they've kept the beach open, but, uh, you know, that's all a bit vulnerable. So many restaurants have had to shut because of uh, uh, hot, they've become hot. Uh, schools have shut down everything so it's quite a unique uh, quite a unique uh, lockdown this one uh, because I think everybody is aware how easy it is to catch and they say the the people who are in charge of chasing the contacts have lost control uh, the contacts have got outside of their uh, ability to, to trace. Today I want to talk about something uh, that's pretty dear to my heart and that is uh, children. Today I think we uh, can recognize that we parent as a consequence of the parenting that we received. We either reject it or accept it. We either uh, think we were well parented or badly parented and, and as a result of that we parent. Uh, but when you think about it, what we're basically doing is judging our kids based on ourselves. If our parents badly parented us and we think we're not a good person as a result, <laughs> we want our children to be good people as a result of our parenting. So we, we, you can see a huge amount of the judgments that we have placed. So what on our parents uh, overtly being echoed in the way we parent our kids. And I think there is a, a really big danger here uh, of firstly trying to fix the kids to reconcile our own, uh, our own foibles and our own lack of self-love. Uh, a calm parent produces a calm kid. There is absolutely no, no doubt about that. A traumatized, stressed person produces a traumatized, stressed kid. So although our parenting, uh, it would seem, becomes a focus of our uh, life, really, our parenting is quite secondary to our behavior. If we are, uh, what's the word for it, insecure, uh, and we want to bring up our kids secure, 
Uh, that's an, an anomaly. Uh, if we are frightened, and we want to bring up our kids fearless, that's an anomaly. If we blame people for the way we are and the way we feel, and we want kids to take responsibility for themselves, that's an anomaly. If we're overweight and therefore we don't have a tidy room in our mind or our body, yet we're complaining to the kids that they're not cleaning their room up, that's an anomaly. If we're spending hours and hours behind a computer, calling it work, and we're trying to tell the kids to get off the iPad, that's an anomaly. We, what we've got to realize here is there's a lot of subconscious uh, behaviors that, whether we like it or not, echo into the, into the world of our children. When we see it in our children, the question is going to be whether we like it or not, and which is really saying, do we like it in ourselves or not? And if we don't, we're going to try and fix it or change it or get stressed about it in our children. A stressed parent who produces a stressed child, a child who, a parent who can't accept themselves or others, produces a child who can't accept themselves or others. This is why I think changing the world is about changing yourself. And changing yourself, as, we, as you know from the previous podcast, is not possible. You can only love qualities you didn't love before. You don't change, you just add options. You add a broader spectrum of responses to the triggers and the environment you're in. We are a consequence of our environment. That, there's no shadow of doubt about that. It's really hard to, uh, when I work with indigenous kids in Canada, it's really hard to convince them that they can sustain uh, a change of mindset when they go home to an alcoholic or abusive home. Um, it was very interesting. One lady I worked with in a community had, uh, was in all sorts of personal bother uh, and her two children had been taken by social services and uh, weren't going to be given back to her due to uh, some domestic issues and alcohol. When I asked her about the heritage of this problem, she said, well, it's, she was also taken off her mum and put into uh, institution and that's the thing she didn't want ever to happen to her own kids and it's ended up happening. So even though we go into preventative maintenance and we try to protect our kids from going through what we've been through, they do. And the question's going to be, uh, are we actually causing damage by trying to prevent things uh, 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 rather than actually solving the problem? And, and I think the answer to that is we are causing problems. What we judge, we breed, attract or become. And the first word of those three is breed. So breed it in our children. What we judge in ourselves or others, we breed in our children. And that is a, a, a golden guarantee. So if you find a parent that's got anxiety about a kid or you've got a kid that's got anxiety about something or not behaving the way you want or not happy or healthy, feeling depressed, it's because there's a parent who is existing in that state uh, and has existed in that state who, who, who is unreconciled with themselves. So 
we don't want to blame parents for all the, the calamities and disasters that children go through, but we know really that we can change a child by changing the parent. And we can't change a child wanting to change the child because wanting to change people is just pure narcissism. It's basically saying, I'm going to hold on to all my foibles and, and unfinished business and all the shit that I've, all the scripts that I've given myself for my entire life about my own parenting. And then I'm going to try and prevent that happening to my children by becoming the opposite or becoming different which guarantees that the children will go where we went with our parents because the, the, the fear and the anxiety of worrying about them turning into what we don't want them to turn into creates the very thing that we're trying to prevent. So there is another great opportunity, great example of why coaching at a personal level is a huge investment in your own children's welfare, not, not just your own, but it's also a huge investment in how you impact others at work. Because what you judge in yourself, you attract, breed, attract, or become are the three words. You attract, and so you will face, uh, and you will reinforce in others, or be resenting in others, or wish they didn't have the quality that you don't like in yourself. And this becomes uh, what, what's called work stress, workplace uh, stress. It's a funny question because during the course of traveling around the world as a keynote speaker, I had an opening question and I always believe when you make a speech in front of an audience, you should ask, you, 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 it's always wise to open with a question. And my first question is, was uh, for many years, who in the room here believes in diversity? I would get pretty much a 100% show of hands. And my second question was, who in the room here accepts those people who don't agree with diversity? And there'd be no show of hands. So actually the definition of diversity for a lot of people is as long as you conform with what I expect you to be, you're diverse. You're within the scope of my radar, I'll accept you. But if you're outside the scope, I'm not going to call that diversity. I'm going to call that I, you need to change. That's quite a, a weird uh, position to take that diversity is not diverse. For another uh, period of time, probably eight years of my global travels, my, my question was again the same. Who in this room believes that this organization will benefit from change? I'd get pretty much a 100% show of hands. My second question was, who's first? It's interesting that we might say, this organization needs to change <laughs> and point the finger at everyone else or everything else, but actually forget that we are the instrument of change in the world that we can influence. We are the only thing that we can influence. We can love more, we can be more open-hearted, we can recognize the qualities that we judge in others. I looked up this morning uh, the Instagram. I, I really love my morning Instagram uh, 20 minutes that I sit there and scroll through what's going on. I've chosen carefully who I look at and what I watch. But uh, Chris Froome put up a 
post from the Tour de France of day one, and uh, a, a, no, a global cycling network, I'm sorry, put up the post. And uh, it's a picture of a, I, I believe it's a woman, holding a placard and banging, accidentally banging the placard into the face of one of the bike riders, which knocked down 40 of the world's best bikes riders who are being paid millions of dollars to train for a year for the biggest exclusive event of the planet. And this person's too dumb to pull in the placard or too silly to look behind them. And well, they're a human being, they make mistakes and you can understand there's people pissed off that that happened. But if you read the comments and the vitriol and the hate for this person who banged the bike rider and knocked down 40 people, understandably that we're all upset. It's really a bad thing to happen and somebody made a terrible, terrible uh, uh, miscalculation of their judgment. But do we have to be so mean? And the question might be to all the people who wrote the comments, how do they treat themselves when they make a fuck up? How do they treat themselves when they do, when they break a bottle on the beach or when they bang, a, bang their car into someone else's car or bump somebody with their coffee? How do they treat themselves? Do they purely blame everybody else and, 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 and wish they'd go to jail and be hung and be put in prison for a life sentence, which is what some of these comments have made? And the righteous die young. So we know that the cemeteries are full of righteous people. It drives a person to an early grave. And the righteousness is, uh, you made a mistake. I never make mistakes. You should be punished. That'll change everything. It'll actually wind the clock back so the mistake gets undone. I doubt it. So I think one of the accountabilities we have in the process of coaching is to change ourselves and therefore change the world. And the world that we change is, is firstly, it's spontaneous. It's, it's the world around us. It's our children, our, 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 our spouse, and they all change, not because we want to change them, but because when we change, the anchor point around which that behavior is positioned or, or, uh, or, or, or rejected is, is, is moved. And therefore, if the totem moves, so does the position around which everybody can circulate. So I, I think the uh, uh, change yourself, change the world is a really, really important result of personal coaching. And it's a result of a coaching that says, I'm going to support and challenge you, support and challenge you in you achieving the destiny you want. Support would be give you help with your goals, give you reinforcement when you make good decisions, give you proactive uh, feedback that reinforces uh, some good uh, inspiration, good vision, good clarity, give you support. And I'm also going to challenge you when you judge other people and when you find yourself frustrated, I'm going to say, are you sure that the frustration is uh, ex outside of you? You know, uh, there's a great there's a great, great Zen story about a monk meditating in a little rowboat, little dinghy on a lake, and he rows out to the middle of the lake and he gets into a state of meditation, closes his eyes and goes into uh, Zen. All of a sudden, something bangs against the boat. He jumps with fright, turns around in a state of quite 
uh, engaged anger, ready to spit uh, 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 angry rejection at whatever, whoever banged him in the boat and realizes that the boat has drifted and hit against a rock. The rock, therefore, is innocent. The boat is innocent. The drift is innocent. The Zen monk has no one to be angry at. And what he contemplates as a result of this is how angry he must have been before he hit the rock. Because you can't give what you haven't got. If you're not angry, you won't get angry. If you're not sad, you won't get sad. You can't, the world just causes you to realize what you're carrying. And so I think one of the points and the most important point of challenge is that if I say to somebody, are you sad or are you angry or are you frustrated? They typically go, no, I'm good. I'm good, Chris, I'm good. I don't need to call you today, I'm good. But in the conversation, I'll be able to intuit, which is a gift that I have, an emotion, and say, I think I need to challenge you on your comment that you're good. I think you, there is really a degree of self-honesty needs to be, which you can't do from within the bubble called yourself. So there's a great opportunity to continually plumb the depths of the beauty of being you. And as you'd plumb that, it's not for the sake of being a better you, because you're great. It's for the sake of the influence you have on the people that you love and care for that are around you. So support and challenge is the mission of all coaching. We love the support part because it builds empires and it builds businesses and gets you promoted and income rises. We love the support part. And we love being helped through things that are unpleasant. And that's a guarantee in coaching. Because if that doesn't happen, uh, who's going to be interested in being coached? That's a good uh, measure. But challenge is equally important. Because challenge is the non-narcissistic part that says, I really know that by uh, immersing myself in um, a truth that someone else might perceive and processing that, which doesn't take more than 10 or 15 minutes, I become a deeper a more open and more diversity uh, uh, accepting individual and therefore I become a model around which my children w w will grow into uh, the beauty of themselves because that's what I'm harvesting in the process of coaching. Okay, that's uh, enough of this for today. I'm down at the beach and it's, uh, it's a beautiful wet, cold, uh, locked in, locked down Bondi morning. I hope you're having a great day. Bye for now.